The opinions and views expressed in this video are purely for entertainment purposes and not for investment advice. Good evening, goons. Welcome back to Jack the Ball Trades here again, again, finally with Kaylin and Sam. Um, today, I want to talk a little bit less about stocks and whatnot. I'll finish with that stuff, but I want to touch on security because we're, we're getting to the point where we're talking about a lot of money and there's a lot of talk about cyber hacks and whatnot. And I know a lot of you guys are into crypto too. So I want to touch on everything in terms of security, everything that I do in terms of security. Uh, Ledger I have, but I didn't want to start there. I want to start with this thing. I didn't used to be a hundred bucks, by the way, but this thing is clutch for me. It's a Kingston uh, USB drive. It's eight gigabytes. Uh, you don't really need a lot of space for it because what I'm holding in it, uh, if you can see it, what I actually have in it is um, is uh, data that I don't uh, want to get out there. I don't know why it's not uh, focusing, but anyway, it's got uh, it's got an eight digit pin on there, and it's basically un uncrackable because the same secure element that's in your iPhone is basically what they use to secure this thing. So um, all the passcodes are on the hardware, so you can't just take it from the cloud or whatever. You can't hack into this thing. So my passwords for my, a lot of my accounts, um, scans of my documents, like insurance, whatever, anything I need, I need secured that I might want to back up. I put in this thing and I put it in my, my safe, a fireproof safe. So I think this is quite worth it. Um, so that's, that's data traveler. And the other thing is, um, login security. I found this out about like a year ago and I thought it was pretty cool. It's cheap too. It's like 40 bucks. And one's a Bluetooth device. One is not, um, it's an NFC though, and you can plug it into the USB. But what it basically is, it's like almost everybody has a Google account and almost everybody signs into all their other accounts with Google, Google sign-in, right? So this is actually the version I have. It's like from last year. There's a little button on it. I don't know why it's not focusing. There's a little <laughs> button on it. Um, and there's a USB connection too. So what happens is once you activate this thing, you, if you go to a new computer and you try to log into your Google account, you can't. It'll ask you to provide this this device. So if you're trying to log in from your phone, you Bluetooth it, it'll be like, click the button. Or if you try to log in from a computer, it'll be like, click the button or plug it in. Either way, you have to click, or you have to plug it in and click the button to verify that you own this device, to verify that you are the Google owner. Because what it does is like, imagine somebody gets your email information, they get a few personal information about you and your accounts, and they're like ready to log in, right? So even if they have your password, even if they have your email, they can't get into the account without physically holding this and saying, okay, that's me. And so that's the security portion of it. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's like so far it's been a bit of a nuisance because every time I'm logging into something new, it'll ask me for that device, right? But yeah. in my head, I'm like, I will pay this nuisance all day long because I will never be that guy that's like, yeah, I left my email somewhere and whatever. Like I get hacked and I lost all my shit. I will never be that guy. Yeah. That's true. I guess depending depending on what you're trying to trying to lock down, right? Like some stuff you wouldn't need it for, but like important stuff like banking information and like you said, all your passwords to log into everything. Like the way I see it is like I'm being <laughs> lazy by using Google login for all my other accounts. And so if I'm being lazy there, then I should at least secure the Google login. The one thing that controls everything else. You know? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, the ring, the one ring to rule them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crypto uh i use i use ledger i think a lot of people have heard about it but i use it like and the thing is every every um boxing day i tell people that's when you buy it because for the same price you, that costs you a ledger nano x and get they'll throw in a s for free so um basically they they look very similar and the only difference between the two is this one has bluetooth and so you can access your crypto account your, your hardware wallet on your phone versus this one is like you can only do it with your computer 
Um, but basically, like, I touch really briefly on crypto. Like, you have software wallets and hardware wallets. Software wallet is basically just software. It's just an app you download on your phone or your computer. And so the danger with that is if somebody gets into your phone or into your computer, you're fucked. Whereas a hardware wallet is, um, you're, it's basically has the same secure element that the two things that I just showed you has. And so no one online can get into your wallet. There's just no way. It's, it, it exists on this device, the, the passwords. And so you have to physically use this device to log into your accounts, uh, to spend your Bitcoin, to spend your Ethereum, to move money around, or even to accept it. Um, what makes it secure? So I'll, I'll tell you a hack that a lot of people got fucked with, I think about two, three years ago. And it's that hackers are so smart in that they don't, they hack into your monitor. And so what they did with these people is that when they logged in with the hardware wallet or the, with, their, with their other um, hardware wallets, they didn't have this feature. What they'll do is they'll, the, the software will show an address to say, to verifies, do you want to send the money to this address, right? What the hackers did was they'll change the address um, on the back end and then show you the correct address on the front end on the monitor because they've hacked your monitor. And so what you're seeing is, oh, I'm going to send it to the correct address. You go, okay. But what's happening on the back end is that it's sending it to their wallet. And, and a lot of um, people got hacked that way or get, got fucked that way. And so what Nat Nano does is that anytime you want to send your Bitcoin, you plug this in and it goes, your screen will say, do you want to send to this address? The device will also say, verify this address is what you see on the screen. And if they don't match, you don't, you don't, you don't accept. Hmm. And, so, and so that's the security, a huge security feature of, of this thing. So and Ledger is the, the standard, but then are there any other options that you could use? There's a few others. Um, I don't personally use them. Um, yeah, you could look into them, but um, I, I use Ledger because they basically become the industry standard. And the software is quite easy to use for the, both the phone app and the desktop. So, I mean, you could use an alternative. I just, I can't speak to their security or, or any of their software. So, yeah, that's, that's the only holdup. But um, the, good, the good thing about this is that you kind of have to open up your mind to the fact that crypto actually doesn't exist anywhere other than the blockchain. And so to say that this is a wallet is kind of also inaccurate. Like these are called wallets, but tru truly they're keychains. Think of them as keychains. They're your keys to all your cryptos. Because when you lose this thing, you're not, it's not like losing your wallet. You don't lose your crypto. You just lost your keys. So what happens is if you lost, you lost this thing, you just buy another one. Buy another one from scratch, plug it into your computer, say recover wallet. What happens is when you first make your account, it'll give you, it'll spit out these, I think, 12 words, 12 or 16, I can't remember. You secure that into something, hint, hint. And then when you want to recover your wallet, you, you spit back those 16 words and everything's recovered again. So if I lose this, it gets run over by a car, it doesn't matter. I lost my keys, not my Bitcoin. And so you can recover the wallet anywhere in the world. So, you look stunned, Caitlin. <laughs> this is just i'm so like not techie at all this is just like ridiculous i like i have a password and that's about it <laughs> yeah you know i i want i i had i want to avoid all this techiness but it's like i just almost every day i read something about somebody getting hacked microsoft's freaking getting hacked facebook's getting hacked once a month <laughs> like, no, it's, it's brutal man like i that's what that's like, well, that's, I guess, one of the reasons why I have all my, my money and my assets in so many different places is also just like a safety precaution, right? Like all my different, like all my different bank accounts and all my different trading accounts, every single one of them has a different password. Like I never oh. use the same password twice. Like, so, I mean, oh, you know, everything's, everything's kind of protected that way.
Yeah, I'm I'm too lazy for that. I I I have different passwords, but they're actually for levels of security. So for shit, I don't care about it's one, <laughs> and it gets more yeah. complicated. I have like I have like fifteen just random combinations of like letters and numbers and like jeez oh, stuff that I just have like saved in my brain. <laughs> I can like I'll like sit down at a computer and log into like ten different accounts of mine, and they're just all like these random combinations of letters and numbers and capitals and exclamation marks and like. I don't even know how I remember it all half the time. <laughs> I, I want to point something out. I just thought about it. It's pretty hilarious. Any like millennials that's just listening right now is probably thinking, what the fuck? This guy's a cyborg. <laughs> you fucking did that, right? <laughs> well, I log I into wanna... them every single day. Like, Well, I want to point out that back when we were kids, I think we were, when we were kids, I mean, I remember for me, I remember the phone numbers of every one of my fucking friends because no, cell phones don't existed, right? Oh. There's We had pages in, in high school. I actually have to remember numbers. Yeah, I remember. You know what's funny is I actually remember from elementary school. I remember my best friend's phone number still to this day. Still to this day, I know five four seven two four eight four two. Call that number. See who answers. They don't live there anymore. <laughs> wow, that's funny. And then I remember my old home address too. What was it? Nine zero five nine four zero four nine one. That was my home phone number. That was from when, like, we moved out of there when I was like eight years old. Still remember it. Yeah. Still remember it, eh? Yeah, remember, like, all my, my parents' phone numbers have been the same forever, so I have mem them memorized, like, my wife's phone number, her cell phone number, like, I have that memorized, my sister's I have memorized, like, all my bank, my credit cards, I have all the numbers on those memorized, like. What? Really? You you are a fucking cyborg. I was going to say. Like, oh, yeah, like, if I ever buy stuff online, I don't even need my wallet. I just, you know, type in, like, American Express, type in the whole numbers, the expiry date, the CR code, or, or CBC code, or whatever. Okay, so so that's the difference. I, I, I love our contrast. It's like the reason I have to secure my Google is because they have all my information. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got everything up here. So unless I get hit in the head really hard, I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. I think the only other number I remember is my ICQ number. I remember the eight digits. It starts with a one zero zero. That's yeah. how early I was. Yeah. Yeah. I know my American Express. I know my visas. Like I know all my passwords, phone numbers, everything. To be fair, I don't even have the time to remember my my some of my credit cards. My business one, I lose like once a year. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm just so bad. Well, I either lose it once a year or it gets like, what is, was it, hacked or whatever it is. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a pain in the ass when that happens. <laughs> I got the automatic payments on there, so it's like this ruins my, yeah, it ruins my like weekend. Yeah. I had someone hack into my card and put a Netflix account on there once. It's getting what? charged like, yeah, I was getting charged like fucking... I don't know, like 15 bucks a month or something stupid for Netflix. I was like, what the hell is this? And I like called them about it and they had to cancel it. It was like some like place on the other side of the world it was just charging my card for a Netflix subscription. <laughs> That's clever. Yeah. So I just like, cause I look on there and I'm like, I call, like I call the bank or whatever. I'm like, yeah, you gotta like cancel this and refund my money. And they're like, Oh, you don't have a Netflix account. I was like, I was like, well, I do, but like my sister has the account and we just like split it with her, but it's under her name. I was like, I've never actually paid for this. Like, okay, so you do have an account. I'm like, well, no, technically I don't have an account. I was like, I've never paid for Netflix in my life. <laughs> Something like that. Like, you're sharp. You probably saw it. A lot of people would just be like, especially if it's a couple, it's like, oh, I guess she bought Netflix. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, we all, we have separate bank accounts and everything. Like, well, no, we have joint and separate bank accounts. So, but it happened on my personal bank account. That's why I knew. Yeah, see, that's the benefit of splitting it. We, I, we, this is where we are similar. We like to compartmentalize like everything. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Even as like a way to organize our minds, like 
I know you have one trading account you only do certain types of trades with others ones like an investing account like it just yeah. makes it clean I know I'm like because then I don't have to look at it like I have three different trading accounts I have like multiple different bank accounts like everything is just spread out all over the place depending on like what I use them for yeah I got um, so TD gave us the function to rename our accounts like or give it a name so my RSP I renamed it the, the Peter Lynch project because I'm trying to beat his record <laughs> three more years yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah. and then I have like uh my my TFSA I call it rainy days because it's like you know, it's money I'm saving, but I know it's going to go towards like a big purchase, like a, I don't know, like a fridge or whatever, a washer or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I call it, yeah. So it helps. It really actually helps my mind. I just have my, uh, like I use DOS Trader for my platform for everything. So I just have my, like when, whenever you open DOS Trader, it like opens in like the default window and then you have to open your like format and then, oh, it'll, and then oh. it'll like open, it'll like open on my screens and everything. So I have, the, I have, mine's called the matrix. <laughs> oh shit really like on there open it open the matrix and then it just fills all my monitors with charts dude if you redo your office you gotta like to go look at the matrix how they formed that that one you know what's his name uh tank like oh yeah, yeah 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 you got you gotta make something that looks like that man <laughs> if, you need, if, if you need me to 3d print you some shit i will 3d print you some shit to make it look like that i'm so down man i need all <laughs> the pretty stuff yeah 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 we'll get we'll get you some green leds and everything oh it's gonna be so sick yeah, I'm so down for that. I love it, man. I could live in my office. <laughs> yeah, I think there's just one thing else I want to touch on. Sam, do you remember? Because I totally forgot now. Oh, inflation. I wanted to ask you about that. Did you went on a rent a little bit? I guess we touched on it a little bit. Because, um, but you said um, no. You did mention the reports. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were gonna trade about uh, like trading in a choppy market. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you want to touch have on you, that? Have you, ever, have you ever traded in a choppy market? Like sideways? Crypto. Yeah. Crypto, I was going to say. Yeah. So how did you handle that? Um, I actually handled it pretty well because by accident, now I kind of do it intentionally, but accidentally back then I, um, I decided to trade longer and longer timeframes. And so I'm basically missing most of the chop and I'm just trying to capitalize on the big moves. Mm -hmm. Um, the first thing that happened was when crypto first crashed from 20,000 to, I think it was 8,000, whatever, it started to do a slow recovery and it hit the 10K mark and everyone was starting to watch. And I bought that 8K thing and everyone started to watch like saying, you know, where is it going to, where is it going to end? Where is it, it going to stop? I pulled the, I pulled my FIB. 618 was at 13,888. I remember that. I pulled my FIB right at 13,888. Set my sell order. Fucking hit it. Think tank back down. I'm just like, and then and I, and I remember my friends on on Twitter. They were like, "Oh, who saw that coming?" I'm like, "I did." <laughs> I pulled one fucking thing, one tool. Like that's all I needed, right? Yeah. But like, yeah. So I basically between 2018, 2019 was just all chop, and I the only way I got through it was just I waited. I I made maybe did like three trades a year during that time. That's right? interesting. Yeah, like for me, like whenever I see like whenever I see stuff going sideways like that, it's almost like it's like channel trading, right? Like you're not looking for you're not looking for huge moves necessarily, like the way that I trade anyways. But like, but you're just you're not trading the inside, like you're not trading the inside of the range. So like if the if the if the charts are kind of moving, like, you know, let's say it's like twenty five and twenty dollars, for example, and it's kind of just trading in that range, then you're only entering and exiting at the top and bottom of that range until it breaks. Right. Like you don't want to be you don't want to be trying to add halfway through because that's when you're going to get chewed up. So it's, it's outer lines, like top entry, bottom exit or yeah. bottom entry, top exit, whatever. I just pulled up Bitcoin much. during that period. If you want to, something to visualize. Okay. So that's one. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm sorry to do the line chart thing because of you. I kind of like it now. It's so clean, man. It gives you such easy levels to work off. I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where you would draw the channel. Let's just, I'm going to just really quickly draw that though. Say, call yeah, it that. Yeah, that would, like I would almost even, yeah, something like that maybe. Like that's pretty, like that's that's even pretty big. Like I, I would almost look at like a shorter time frame, but like it, it would be the same kind of deal, right? Like you'd want to be, you'd want to be buying at the bottom of that. Yeah, like something like that kind of thing, right? So like you could, you'd want to be buying only, or if you're going long, you'd want to only be buying at the bottom of the range and then only selling at the top, right? Like you don't want to be trying to, trying to like short little pops that are kind of halfway through the range. Cause that's yeah. when you're going to get, that's when you're just going to get chewed up. Right. Like you, the, the, when you get into that chop, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, like the midday sort of thing. When you look at small caps is like, things are just, things are just moving in this stupid little range. There's not a lot of movement and it'll kind of go, go back and forth between the channel. And then eventually it'll break one way and then you'll get another channel start forming and then it'll break the other way. You'll get another channel start forming. So as long as you're, as long as you're only focusing on those far top and bottom lines, then you'll be okay. And then as soon as it breaks, you just cut your loss. Or if, you know, if it breaks to a side where you were in and you sold it for profit, then you just wait for it to set the next channel and then you just start going at it again. But it's just, it's just the middle you want to avoid. Like whenever you're working through channels like that, anything in the middle, it's just noise. Like you just ignore it. Cause if you try and, if you try and size it in the middle of it and then it breaks out or it breaks down, then that's when you're going to take a big loss. I don't know if you agree. I just, I just had a thought, but I think this is also why chop is so hard to trade, right? Because like, if you're a yeah. trader, like you're saying, you're probably trying to trade the moves between the channel or, or trying to trade within a range, right? And yeah. then if you're like, if you're like retail, you're probably trying to work, work this thing, this area here. And yeah. then, so basically you're trying to like break buy these breakouts, but then you keep getting fucked. Like it's just not yeah. going anywhere. That's what I mean. Like you try to buy the breakout, like you'd see like, you know, even like when it first broke down there, like below the channel. And then when it came back up, like that first little dip that it had when it got back into the channel there, like, you know, people, people would try to like kind of short that down, like chase the weakness. And then all of a sudden it goes back and it goes up out of the top of the range. Right. Whereas if you just had a, had a weighted and shorted at the top, then, you know, you look and it comes back along and then it goes all the way down and hits the bottom of the channel again. So it's just, yeah. it's, way, it's way less of a headache. I wonder, what do you think? Do you think shorts piled on? You're thinking we've gone high enough. We should short this thing, and then they all got blown out of the water with this move here. I'm sure some of them did, but it's because they didn't wait till the outside, like the outer line, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like your your top line would be if you go back to the far the far left in 2018, it looks like. See that first like when it had kind of like the double top there, the first little notch when it sold off this right one? there. Yeah, yeah. That was what I was just talking about in the last podcast. That's your main level right there. This thing. This thing right here. Yeah, right there. See? Ah, look at, look at that. Look at how many times. See how see that stupid little notch, man. I'm telling you, that is that is the glory of shorting right there is that stupid little notch after things go up. You can short off that all day long. <laughs> so funny Dude, when you, Dylan, you talk look about at these it things. in uh, shorting sense, but then is there the same thing if you're trying to go long with it? Uh I've never really looked at it on the long side. I've always just sucked <laughs> to go long. <laughs> I don't really know. There probably is. I mean like if, if you're well i should say if, if you're going long then usually it's like you usually want to kind of look at if you get those notches on the upside then that's usually where you can get a bounce so like if something go if something rips up like that um you could probably get a bounce off that level like in this it, it won't be quite as dramatic because by that point you're kind of on the back side of the move 
but uh, like I, I just don't play them enough to really give decent education on it. But as far as as far as shorts go, like that's like I mean, look at how many times it hit that, like almost dead on one, two, three, four times it hit that level, right? So like that's all you have to do is like right here when you're trading this chop, you just you see that little notch and okay, you short into it and then you cover into the next support down. And then just wait until it gets back up there again. Just ignore everything in between. So it's just, it comes down to patience, right? Like if you're patient on this trade, you can top tick that short, you know, four or five times. If you rush into it, you're going to lose. I think if you just inverse what Kalen said about shorts, um, that's how you play long, right? Right here is where you go in. That's when everybody's full of despair and saying, oh, this thing's going to nothing. Fuck life. That's when you buy. That's what the, what the deals are. And look how safe it would be to buy in here. Mm hmm right? It's just all upside at that point. Even, even, if, even, if you look, even if you look at that first uh, uptrend at the far, far left of your screen there, like when it set that base low, like lower, like when it, when it first started uptrending, like back in October, it looks like. October, right here? Far left, like way, way at the far left of your screen. This one. Yeah. This one. No, oh, yeah. Next, next one down. This one. Yeah, there you go. So that's, that's a support level right there, right? So that's, that's when it kind of consolidated later on, right? Like in 20... 2019 or whatever that is like right where you highlighted yeah. it yeah. kind of consolidated around that level so when you see that starting to come back up like i mean in my opinion if you're going to go long that's probably a pretty safe place to do it ah so this is uh actually really interesting that you that this this price pointed out it's got two things going for it. it's got the fundamentals or sorry it's got the technicals right <clears throat> the previous history but this but this number I actually know really well 36 3600 as soon as i saw that i recognized it uh, back in 2018, 2019, we did the math and basically 3,600 was the break-even level for miners. If Bitcoin was below that, they're losing money. They would have shut down. Oh. So, so this being defended was a huge deal because this could have made a break the whole thing. That was their break-even cost basis. Yeah. So it all kind of, it all kind of makes sense even on the chart with the, with the miners as well. With the, Yeah. Well, the miners actually affect this chart a lot. What I've once I got it got glass node and I was looking at a, a lot of the data I didn't have before, I start to realize that these dumps were miners. Mm. This was a miner. Uh, this was a miner. So what they do is um, they'll 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 accumulate like they'll sell on these on these rallies and they'll have basically nothing on the way down except what, for what they're mining, right? But what they're doing is. They're waiting and waiting and waiting. If they don't see the market pop, but they need to, they got to pay bills. So they'll, they'll dump. At a certain point, they'll, they'll dump. This right. one is interesting in that they dumped on fear because like, we failed to break out. Was it 11,000 uh, earlier in the year? So they thought, okay, came down, going to go up. We're probably not going to break it. So then they dumped here again. So I, I saw the, I actually saw the wallets, the numbers that they were dumping. Like they emptied everything they had. And miners actually sold, um, this entire uptrend here was miners selling. When they got to this point, they had nothing. They were out of. They were running on fumes. They had nothing to sell. Do you know if they only so, mine to accumulate, or do they also buy? Uh that's a good question. It's it's tricky. So the Asian ones buy. Allegedly, the Asian ones will mine, but they also buy. And the and what they do is they'll mine Bitcoin, so they have a stock stash of Bitcoin. They go on Binance, they'll fucking dump the market, and they'll buy the bottom. Fucking assholes. <laughs> I can't prove it a hundred percent, but the, that's the speculation for many of us. Is that yeah. what they're doing? And they're doing it on Binance. Um, this yeah, Binance is a shady as fuck exchange. In fact, this is why Binance got into mining. Mining, we think, because um, yeah, 
you, if you own an exchange and you're also mining, that, that just sets it up to be a really bad combination. That's and like especially of interest. Well, yeah, especially if you think about the um the positions they have, the data they have on the users, the positions they're holding, where their levels are, you know, how yeah, many. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they can see where everyone's averages are and everything. Yeah, it's like if I just we just nudge this sucker like ten percent to the south downside, you know, we got enough Bitcoin here that we've mined. Let's just fucking dump that shit. Yeah. Blow them all out. Take all those fees and buy at the bottom. What's to stop them? Yeah. They're registered in Malta. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Can't anyway, blame them. They can get away with it. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so my opinion about everything's changed uh, this last few years. Like, I, so I was a Bitcoin maximalist, and I was like all about freedom. And I still am, but I want Wall Street to get into it, and I want the SEC to clean it up because it's so fucking shady that it's good for nobody. I'd rather I'd rather we lose a little bit of freedom and they clean that shit up because that that just helps nobody that kind of behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Once it gets more regulated, I'm sure a lot of that stuff will come in, but probably still a little ways away. Yeah. But um, well, anyway, to wrap it up, I know you're you're tired. I want to let you nap. (laughs) But but to wrap it up, like going long, I would just do exactly what Kalen said but opposite so so he said he want you you know you short these absolute tops and whatnot i'm like well that's what you do with the bottoms right uh, should we wrap this one up yeah let's wrap it up all right thanks for the question sam let's uh let's get you to jump in some more and um yeah thanks everybody for watching later see ya